many Australians, maybe most Australians, will enjoy Easter as simply a long weekend, enlivened this year by a federal election campaign. But author and teacher Dr Kevin Donnelly argues that Christianity underpins much of the Australia we know today. His new book is Christianity is Good for Us, Why Faith Matters, and I welcomed him this Easter. When you look at the arrival of the First Fleet, one of the books that came to what was in Sydney was the King James Bible. Another book was Blackstone's Laws of England. Now, those two books very much underpin our political and our legal systems. And since that date, the reality is, even though we are a secular society, Christianity has had a profound influence in terms of our political and our legal institutions. You quote, uh, Kevin, in the book, the late great conservative British philosopher Sir Roger Scruton talking about the Christian inheritance. Isn't that what we're really talking about today? Because you do acknowledge in the book that we've gone from a society at Federation where 90 plus percent of people identified as Christians to in the last census, 2016, I think it was only 52 percent. We're really talking here now about a Christian inheritance rather than a culture, aren't we? It's certainly the case when you look at the number of Australians who identify as Christian. It has fallen away quite dramatically over the years. But that doesn't uh, change the fact. I think Douglas Murray made the point, the English writer, he called himself a cultural Christian. It doesn't alter the fact that our political, our legal systems, but also our literature, our art, much of our music has that Christian heritage. And it's an ongoing tradition. It's something that is there in our daily lives. In some ways, it's like the air we breathe. We're not aware of it all the time, but if it's not there, then it's too late. And one example would be the fact that compared to what's happening in the Ukraine at the moment, where you've got an oppressive totalitarian regime, Russia invading a country, we don't have to in Australia face that kind of attack at the moment because we are a Western liberal democracy and the rights and freedoms we take for granted are underpinned by Christian values, like the inherent dignity of the person. If we're all made in God's image, then we all expect liberty and freedom. And that's why our constitution, the preamble, calls on humbly relying on Almighty God and parliaments begin with the Lord's Prayer. Mm. Although there's attempts, various attempts made over the years to remove the Lord's Prayer, replace it with a period of quiet reflection, one in which people certainly could pray if they want. I mean, it's no longer taken as a given, though, is it? It's not. That's something when I reviewed the national curriculum in 2014, I made the point, as uh, the other co-chair did, that there was a time when we were willing to acknowledge and support the fact that as well as being a secular society, we're also a Christian society. We are part of Asia geographically, but the reality is it's Christianity that underpins our way of life, as I've said. But when you look at the curriculum, that's not acknowledged. And what has happened over the last 30, 40 years is that we have, I would say, one-sided curriculum in terms of history in particular that doesn't really acknowledge and teach young people about the reality that 
we have a Western liberal democracy, and if you go back to the Enlightenment, to the Renaissance, to the Reformation, all of those historical incidents are very important, but as important is the Bible and especially the New Testament. I'm going to come to the curriculum later because you did review that curriculum. But Kevin, you you mentioned there a phrase that I found fascinating. We hear it a lot, culturally Christian. Is that now what Christian leaders have to settle for? A country that may have some remnants of cultural Christianity, but even, you know, at times like this in Easter, a country which seemingly doesn't believe. It's a difficult question. And uh, I know when I read some of the overseas commentators, they talk about living in a post-Christian or a godless age. And there's no denying the fact that, as we've mentioned, if you look uh, over the last hundred years in particular in Australia, that Christianity has fallen away in terms of those identifying. But if you look around the globe, in fact, Christianity is growing quite significantly and that it might not be as strong in Australia, to my mind, doesn't alter the fact that there is much in the spiritual, much in the moral and ethical characteristics of Christianity that are vitally important to the well-being of society. T.S. Eliot makes the point that once a, a culture loses religion, there's nothing there to anchor people if they suffer individually or personally. We will always have to confront loss and sorrow, mm. even uh, things like redemption and sin. And so without a religion, I think it's increasingly impossible for people to cope and to deal with that, what is often an existential threat. Yeah, on this matter, I have to say I was quite touched. You make a couple of references in the book to your own tragedy. You grew up with a father who was quite a violent alcoholic who left you destitute. And then you and your wife lost your son, James, in a hit-and-run accident, a very young man cut short in the prime of his life. What did you fall back on, Kevin? I wrote a little book, uh, Taming the Black Dog, and I talk about the fact that literature is something I drew on. I taught literature for many years. I remember as a young boy growing up in Broad Meadows, it was a very violent house. Old Dad was an alcoholic. But I know at school I discovered uh, the Iliad, the Odyssey, fables and myths and legends, and it gave me a sense in life that often you can be confronted by fear or loss or tragedy. But if you are that sense of overcoming adversity, whether it's a legend, the Vikings, or whether it's Greek, the Iliad, there is a sense there in literature of having to deal with that and drawing on something more lasting than your own ability. Now, Christianity was also vitally important. I went to St. Dominic's in Broadmeadows, where I had communion and confirmation. And I remember one Sunday after Mass walking around and looking at the Stations of the Cross, and I just felt, and this is where Easter is so important, if Jesus had suffered so much for our sins and for our redemption and our saving our souls, then I really had to think, well, to live is to suffer. And at the time I read Julian of Norwich and T.S. Eliot quotes her, all shall be well and all shall be 
well, all manner of things shall be well. So I gained a great sense of comfort and reassurance from Christianity, and as I said, from literature as well. As I say, you did conduct a couple of major reviews into the various curricula in Australia. Do you actually believe, Kevin, we can really introduce an explicitly Christian worldview into a national curriculum, including into public education? I've always argued that we should teach religion more broadly. It's interesting if you look at the various state and territory legislation as it currently stands around Australia, it actually says that religion should be taught in schools. So I'm all in favour of religion more generally, whether it's Islam or Buddhism or uh, certainly Christianity. But at the same time, we are a Western liberal democracy. We are Christian to that degree. So I'd argue there should be a focus on Christianity. I mentioned I taught literature for many years. It's impossible to read Dostoevsky or T.S. Eliot to give two examples, or even Patrick White, without a knowledge of the New Testament and about concepts like redemption, forgiveness, evil, sin. That's part of human nature, and that's part of the great story of Western culture, that it's imbued so much with those Christian ideas. Well, isn't our general vocabulary, our our lexicon filled with Christian aphorisms, even if people don't realise it? Absolutely. And Tolkien admitted quite openly that when he wrote Lord of the Rings, it was a Christian story. And similarly with uh, C.S. Lewis, the Narnia series. So a lot of our literature is imbued with Christianity. Obviously, expressions like turn the other cheek, he without sin, cast the first stone. We take it for granted. But as I mentioned before, it's like the air we breathe. Once it's lost, it's too late. And I'm not saying everybody has to be a God botherer, as we say in Australia, or everybody has to be a deeply committed Christian, but we certainly do need to rediscover that sense of what underpins our society and really what is so vitally important in terms of what we take for granted. Just finally, Kevin, I want to broaden this a little bit because you're also a noted small-c conservative commentator. It seems to me, Kevin, the biggest problem for conservatives is that parties and forces on the political right these days are not actually conservative. Then, you know, they're very wedded to sort of neoliberal, pretty radical free market ideas, and they're just as wedded, it seems to me, to sort of sexual and personal liberation as the old hippie left. There doesn't seem to be a force that's dedicated to preserving the best of our traditions. That's a significant problem. You mentioned uh, Sir Roger Scruton, a great writer, a great philosopher, a great cultural critic. And he made the point that in many ways, what is happening in the West at the moment, and it's been there for the last 20, 30 years, is really a debate or an argument between tradition and revolution. And he talks about the fact that So much emphasis now is on change and uh, new technologies. We look again and again at trying to change the way we live, change society, and we forget the fact that the past is equally as important. And one of the things I argue strongly with the 
so-called conservative liberal party in Australia, for many years now, it's lost that ability to articulate a conservative message. To be a conservative doesn't mean you are caught up in the past. TSL talks about continuity as well as change. So you need both. But the problem in politics at the moment is it's very much about a Machiavellian view. I think people generally are becoming fed up with how ego-centred it is, how self-serving it is. Yeah, and that's a great shame yeah, because yeah, but, yeah, but really Kevin, those conservative values are critical. Yeah, but Kevin, it, it, it seems to me it, it isn't just tradition versus revolution. It's tradition versus an economic preoccupation. And surely a completely laissez-faire economic system undermines a lot of tradition. I agree. And Augusto Del Noce, the Italian cultural critic, makes that point. And that's a very good point to make. Uh, and Roger Scruton does that as well. I'm not in favour of a free market open slather. We do need a commitment to the common good, to social justice. We do need to be committed to equity and fairness for all. But at the same time, I don't believe socialism has proven to be the solution there. And you only have to look at history, whether it's Russia or China or Vietnam or Cuba or Venezuela, to see that socialism, however it's being interpreted, is not the answer here. Dr. Kevin Donnelly, author of Christianity is Good for Us, Why Faith Matters, and you can find links to his work at kevindonnelly.com.au.